special episode was recorded at the Future of Food Summit presented by Food Tank at South by Southwest in March of 2022. We hope you enjoy it. Our two panelists are among my favorite people in the food industry who are not only doing groundbreaking work in organizing in their communities, but literally creating a new model of organizing for all food system workers. So it's my huge pleasure to introduce Magali Licoli of Ramos from Arkansas. Thank you. And Gerardo Reyes, Coalition of Immokalee Workers from Immokalee, Florida. Thank you guys for making this trip to frozen Austin. All right, it's usually a little Arkansas warmer here. Arkansas is not any better. Yeah. Florida is. I'm scared, but let's not talk about that. So starting with you, Magali, can you just give a brief introduction of the work you're doing and your organization? Yes, thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited to always share about the work that we are doing in Arkansas. My name is Magali Licoli. I co-founded Venceremos, which means we will overcome with a group of uh, poultry women that work in different uh, poultry factories in Arkansas. So we pretty much are a women-led organization, Brown. Um, yes. And obviously now we have a lot of uh, poultry worker men joining uh, this effort. And both we, we co-founded Venceremos in 2019, just uh, some months before we had the pandemic in this country. And we built it because it's been, I mean, we are in, um, we live in Arkansas. It's a right to work state, but also it's a corporate state nominated basically by Tyson Foods and Walmart. And so the conditions on organizing are very difficult. And since I began doing this work since 2014, trying to seek solutions to address the issues that were happening and have been happening for decades. And in 2019, with the help of many organizations, including the Coalition of Immokalee Workers, we founded Venceremos with the idea to ensure the dignity of poultry workers. And, and also with the idea of adopting the worker-driven social responsibility model, which is a proven strategy to improve labor conditions at corporate supply chains through legally binding agreements uh, between worker-led organizations and corporations atop the supply chains. And we're here. Awesome. Gerardo? Um, well, I mean, we come from a reality in which we have uh, pursued two main goals since the beginning of the Coalition of Immokalee Workers founded in 1993. Uh, I got involved in uh, 1999 because there was a case of modern day slavery. Uh, and through meeting these workers and, you know, our own conditions brought us to meet with the coalition. 
uh, the conditions that we are aiming to change and the two main goals of this campaign is uh, to improve uh, wages and working conditions for workers that have seen their uh, wages in the tomato industry stagnant uh, for more than three decades when the coalition started since 1978 and for the next 30 plus years the bucket of 32 pounds was paid 40 to 45 cents uh, with, with no change whatsoever. So that was one of the goals. And the second was to uh, address that unbalance of power between workers and their employers that uh, you could see uh, you know, present in the lives of workers in the form of sexual harassment, sexual assault, situations of violence in the field, screw leaders carrying guns. All of these happened before the coalition started organizing. And along with this, situations in which while well, you already poor, disenfranchise, and abuse, uh, in the most extreme cases, workers would get, uh, you know, in cases of modern day slavery, forced to work at gunpoint. Uh, that was not the only case. There's been several cases that have taken place. Uh, that's our context. That's where we come from. Uh, the way in which we have been pushing against all of this, uh, it's through uh, the market, through like, First, trying to bring the growers, we knew that it was not going to uh, change the industry as a whole. But we knew that if we were to align with the buyers, to, to, to join forces in conditioning purchasing uh, to the implementation of rights that include zero tolerance policies for modern day slavery, uh, child labor, which are in place now, and uh, sexual assault and every other uh, violation a worker can complain right now because we have created a power, but I'm gonna talk a little bit more about that a little later. Uh, uh, basically, as workers, we didn't have uh, much uh, than a huge dream when we started fighting. You know, as a community, the focus was with the growers first, but then we realized that it was a matter of power, where workers needed to have the power to be able to negotiate something that was not abusive, to negotiate and to push out of this industry all the most egregious abuses that I mentioned. So that's where we uh, started with the campaign for fair food. Uh, we started with uh, Taco Bell. Uh, there was a boycott of four years, uh, several attempts at communicating with them. Uh, the fail brought us to that point. We were one of the poorest communities in uh, the nation, and we were able to then uh, bring them. And since then until now, there's 14 agreements. That's the power that we're talking about that is now protecting workers in the fields, and that is now uh, also serving uh, you know, to, to address issues in other industries. Magali, could you talk about the impact of COVID-19 on poultry workers, but also how it really inspired the need for this worker-driven social responsibility that both of you are creating. Yes, as I mentioned before, uh, when we built Venceremos, we were uh, fighting for the dignity of these workers because these workers were facing issues with the line speed that was already too high, was at 145 chickens per minute. Uh, workers, uh, a lot, all of these workers have respiratory problems because of the high amount of chemicals at those plants. So when the COVID hit, 
I remember that we were meeting in a church uh, while we were getting the resources to build Venceremos. And I remember back in March when these women workers were just, I mean, we, we, we didn't know anything about the virus. We, we only knew that we're killing people, that it was already here in the country. And also we began hearing cases of uh, outbreaks in other processing plants in the north part of the US. And so the workers were just terrified because they, as as the industry, they are not allowed to practice social distancing. They work shoulder to shoulder because they pretty much act as machines. They have to do a repetitive motion and they are not allowed to have enough breaks. And so these conditions, these persisting conditions were alarming these workers that didn't have any leverage to even fight for their own rights. They don't, they don't even have rights to begin with. And so I remember the, these workers were so terrified because they knew that it was just a matter of time that they were facing that situation. And, and I remember that during the time when the economy shut down, everybody, most of the people were, weren't home to be saved, but the essential workers had to remain in their jobs. But not only that, it was they faced the lack of protections from corporations and also from the government. I remember during those months, it was March, April. By April, uh, the former president, Trump, was already protecting these companies by not allowing them to shut down because they were crucial to, to maintain um, the, 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 the people in the US. And so I remember that we didn't have any ways to, to file any claims with OSHA. OSHA was not doing anything to, to prevent the spread of COVID in the plants. Uh, the USDA, instead of decreasing or setting a, a line speed that was uh, humane to these workers, what they did was to provide waivers to multiple companies to increase the line speed to 174 birds per minute. So we were facing the lack of protections that these workers didn't have any basic leave, that these workers were actually incentivized to come in and work while sick because they were, by March, these companies uh, were offering $500 uh, in bonuses with the conditions that workers should not miss any date of work and that these, bonu what, these bonuses were gonna give to these workers by July of 2020. So these companies were incentivizing workers to come in sick. Um, workers don't have basic leave. By history, they, uh, they are used to come to work while sick because if they miss work while sick, they will get a point, a disciplinary point that ultimately will mean that they will lose their jobs if they reach to 14, 13 points. So the conditions were there, and I remember these workers were just too desperate, and we didn't have any ways to fight unless we used our own power, and that's what we did. We couldn't meet in person, but we had to be very strategic about how to do that. The fear was there, so we pretty much had to uh, we strategize everything and to do everything through to calls and through Zoom, but also we had to split the workers by plants 
So all the workers had to address the issues in their plan to fight back, to stand up. And so that's what we did at a point by June of 2020, we were organizing five different plans in the Northwest Arkansas. Workers were doing worker petitions. Uh, we were doing actions outside the plans. We were doing car caravans. And by December of 2020, historically, workers at the Georges plant went on a strike demanding protection. So that was like, that was, I think, Venceremos was, uh, was just a space for workers to create power. And just, it's been just beautiful to see that these workers, before the pandemic, where they were too terrified to stand up, but they were more terrified to, to lose their lives and to, to get their families sick than losing their jobs. So we had just to take this as an opportunity to create workers' power and to, and to move forward with that. Gerardo, wow. I'd like you to talk a little bit about how we need to push corporations to change their buying habits in terms of leveraging the power of the purchase order and how this type of organizing, this worker-driven social responsibility is about changing the purchasing patterns of big corporations. Exactly. Um, well, for us, uh, this is an issue you know, of workers needing to have the power to be able to negotiate what is fair. You cannot negotiate what you don't have the power to negotiate. So that's where everyone in this room and everyone in the country uh, comes at, a, at the center in terms of importance to stand in with workers to be able to push corporations to come to the table and sign on to legally binding agreements, which is what we've done. Since 2000, uh, we started to talk, analyze, uh, once we did the last action focusing on the agricultural industry, we realized the buyers are bigger, more powerful, they have a lot of influence in terms of what they demand, and they always demand the best quality, the best uh, size, uh, even the state of maturity. Like, there's so many factors, but never the human factor. Never before, I should say, until we came into the pictures uh, in this regard. Uh, so there's been 14 agreements since 2005. Uh, that was the first one with Taco Bell and its parent company, Young Brands. And then McDonald's, Burger King, Subway, Whole Foods, Bon Appetit, Aramark, Sotex. So even Walmart is participating on this. And this is something that was created by workers themselves. I haven't said that, but I come from that background. I am a farm worker since I was 11 years old, mixing school with working in the fields, harvesting watermelons for 14 seasons, harvesting tomatoes, a little bit of everything, you know? And we have never seen anything like what we were able to build together because of the power of people across the country, people of conscience understanding that this is not a matter of supporting workers that are suffering in a forgotten corner, if that's the case, because that is the case very often, and that was certainly ours. It is not about feeling sorry or sad for the fact that there are cases, and here I'm going to mention the case in Georgia where there were 71,000 workers that were forced to work on the threats of debt for them and for their families because the bosses, the families that had them under those conditions 
uh, and their associates. It was a network that basically in the span of a few years was able to exploit about 71,000 workers. Charging them with 45,000 pesos, that's what I heard directly from the workers when we were uh, helping a little bit on, on all of these investigations with different cases that help us then uh, bring all of these and ask for a resolution that then uh, was, was uh, brought in November. Now, these workers uh, reported that uh, they were forced to work, that they ha suffered a heat stroke uh, like three times, younger workers. There was a worker that died out in the fields. Many of them were forced to dig up onions with their bare hands. Uh, and there, were, uh, there was a case of uh, you know, workers in this situation being raped constantly. That's part of the indictment. That's the nastiness of it all. And I, when I turn and see the news about avocados and how in a fraction of a second, as soon as a threat is made to an inspector in the U.S. because of avocados, uh, uh, you know, relating to, to just a threat, I wish as a society we could respond in the same way when it comes to farm workers that have dedicated their lives. And for, from society, I, I would ask Please don't feel sorry for us. Stand with us. That is what we need. We have 14 agreements. And Wendy's is next. 2nd of April, we will be marching in West Palm Beach. If you get excited about this idea of standing with us, just get in touch with me before we leave. <laughs> be happy to talk. Magli, we, we're going to need to close it out. So how can folks support the work you're doing in Arkansas, in, uh, in the shadow of, of big chicken, of uh, <laughs> the big chicken monopoly. Right, well, we have a big dream to adopt the worker-driven social responsibility into the poultry industry, because um, there is a lot of need to change that industry. And as a right-to-work state, uh, the unions are not the solution to us. And after the workers traveled to Imokali and so firsthand the power of this program and how this program is changing lives for better. Uh, the, worker, the workers in Arkansas decided that that was the strategy that we wanted to take upon and we want their, your support. We want uh, to stand with us in this fight because it's gonna be big, it's gonna be huge, but also it's gonna be very rewarding not only for the people supporting but for the workers. Right now, the workers are suffering even more. It's not just on the COVID, but workers are completely injured working your chicken that you have every day at your table. Uh, these workers uh, need protections and they need our, your support. And so you're welcome to support Venceremos, to follow us, um, to stand with us, and let's continue fighting. Gerardo, is there, are there any companies locally that maybe folks should stop by those restaurants and ask why they're not signed on to the Fair Food Program and Coalition of Immokalee Workers programs? There are many companies that are... Sorry. I got excited. I got too uh, comfortable. I got too focused and too comfortable, sorry. Uh, 
Uh, no, there are, there are uh, you know, in the case of uh, the boycott of Wendy's, we're asking people not to uh, support this business until Wendy's realizes that this is not a, a matter that, that is going to be solved with PR. You know, what they do is try to escape using language that doesn't really solve anything but confuses people. What we have has prevented modern-day slavery, sexual assault, and is preventing also child labor. Those are mandatory things. And then every other abuse that happens has a resolution. We need Wendy's to come to the table. And we're asking people to also visit our website, print a letter, go and talk to the managers of these restaurants. That's how we have convinced 14 other corporations with a, a couple exceptions that didn't need it, like a lot of pressure. But most of them, you know, they need to hear from all of us because it's that power that makes the difference in the way in which they see us. So the 2nd of April is going to be a march that we're going to do uh, in Palm Beach. Here locally, I mean, there's other companies like Kroger, for example, like uh, other uh, supermarkets, other uh, chain uh, food, uh, different like retail food uh, industries. There's 80% in essence that is not participating in helping us implement the Fair Food Program. 80%, that means most workers in the country are suffering the conditions that I mentioned. And the reason why that case happened, it's because there's nothing like the Fair Food Program being implemented. That's what happened outside of it. And we want to expand this. And that's where we're going. So thank you very much. Folks, Gerardo Reyes and Magali Nicoli.